So this is going to be a, a catastrophic episode of the Two Star Podcast. Wag one, my brethren. This be a 2017 remix. Play the music, TT, your cute little engine. We two-star podcast, we are great. Spreading love, denouncing hate. Posh and white and southern too. We're the really middle-class crew. We check our privilege. different things to say on internet's pretender waves. Steamports, wanking claws and bellends. Graham and his friends. Graham, he's a cheeky chum. Imagining things in football men's songs. Campbell. Adam likes to have a moan about politics and Apple phones. Daniel likes erotic fanfic and looking at foreskin dick pics. Uncut. Christopher has bad internet. Fob balloon, brown oak. <laughs> We're two star podcast. We are great. Spreading love, denouncing hate. We don't do bants because we're not lads. Our comedy accents are very bad. All with different things to say on internet's pretender waves. Poo and farts and dick pic nudes. Buddy and his co-accused. We two-star podcast, we are great. Spreading love, denouncing hate. Our listenership is very few, but we love every one of you. Even Pooh Man! One more thing I have to say, intended in a hopeful way. Cold brew hipster, please be my friend. I'm sorry I called you a ballet! Have we done a two man before? I don't think we have. I know you and Graham have. I know Chris and, that, and Graham has. I think I have with Chris, but yeah. I, think, I don't think we've done one. I think this is pretty much the last com- combination apart... No, second last, because me and Chris haven't done a uh, duo yet, have we? Yeah, I'm surprised by that. It's only because neither of you have the technical capability to actually... No, we did. No, we did. Do you oh, remember? no, of course we, you did, yes. Because, yes, we um, we had to basically message you to get us to do a sport. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah, I remember now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so this is episode 136 of the Two Star Podcast. We are without Graham because he is in another hotel uh, practicing his craft, and Chris has just not bothered to show up. And he, s- he sent us a picture earlier in the week of him in a bin, so we can only assume he's trapped in there, but we don't really care enough to find out. He has said he is otherwise disposed, so I mm. presume somebody has literally put him in a bin, uh, which, I mean, it's it's been a long time coming, I think. Um, yeah. So, um, listeners, this is a um, a truly important podcast for you because, um, as we've noted, we are doing this as a duo today, and this is the last combination of of podcasters to do a duo. And most of our duo podcasters have been fucking awful, and we just want to test whether the common factor is me or someone who isn't me. Well, bear in mind, Graham and I did a series of two man podcasts for like the first. 10 episodes uh, and admittedly they were awful but I don't think that was because it was just the two of us um, I think that's just our nature um, but it does mean that um, I can regale you with uh, stories of uh, Sajid Javid yes. um, who you may know as the Home Secretary um, or that bloke who's been in the news a bit well yeah but I mean he is he is the Home Secretary 
Uh, mm. I don't know why anyone would actually want that job, but he has taken it. So, Sajid Javid was in the EU Parliament um, this afternoon, and he was shocked and horrified to discover that they'd let some journalists in. Bloody journalists. And he was basically stuck in his office and he needed to get out because the journalist wanted to ask him questions and good God, they do not want to be answering questions uh, about anything at the moment. So they had this ingenious plan. Um, And so what they were planning to do was move the journalist down the corridor a bit and then sneak him out via the adjoining office, which was for his assistant, and out the door. But, yes, sorry? So at this point, I'm reminded of which of the UKIPers was it that had to hide in the toilet? Uh, no, that was, that was I mean, Ken Livingston hid in the toilet while people... God, yes. He hid in, a dis- hid in a disabled toilet while journalists yelled questions about Hitler at him. Yes. Um, oh, how have I forgotten that? But yeah, so they, they had this cunning plan so they moved the journalists down the corridor and they snuck Sadi Javid into the assistant's office out the door only to discover that actually they'd moved the journalists down the wrong corridor and they <laughs> were all standing right outside his assistant's door as he emerged trying to sneak away. Um, at that point, he and his minders decided that the only thing to do was to make a mad dash for the elevator <laughs> and get the hell out of there. So meanwhile, journalists yelling questions at him. So yeah. they charge for the lift but when they get there, there's too many of them and they can't fit in and the doors won't close. So the doors just keep closing and reopening while journalists are shouting questions at them. So they then like finally manage to squeeze everybody in and they mash the buttons, but they press the wrong button. Instead of going down to the exit, they go up to the floor above, which means they had to come back down to the floor the journalists were on, by which point they'd press the button. So the lift had to stop, doors open, stand there for a bit, doors closed, and then go back down again. And Sajid Javid was able to escape out of the front door and back into Brussels. Um, And, yeah, I mean, it would be funnier were it not for the fact that this man is our fucking home secretary. I mean, I'm trying to think... That's almost about the right level to be the thick of it. Yeah. It's, It's not too outlandish, it's grounded in reality, and yet it is... By turns, hilarious, absurd, humiliating, and cutting. Oh, apparently, even better was the fact that they had hoped that he could basically sneak into Brussels for a meeting without anyone finding out about it. Why? I mean, obviously, Europe, boo, Hitler, all that, but um, why were they so anxious about people not... Because, they, because uh, I don't know if you've noticed in the news, but there are quite a lot of questions around the Home Office at the moment, like, uh, why the fuck do you keep deporting people who have the legal right to remain here? Why are you closing down people's bank accounts on the basis that they look a bit foreign and then discovering that actually they were totally entitled to have them? Uh, Why are you generally acting like shit? Why are you charging people way over cost to stay in this country? Why are you doing all of these things that you've claimed you're not doing or claiming aren't in any way going to affect people? So the last thing that he wants to do is subject himself to a bunch of interviews from journalists where he's like in a corridor somewhere being shouted at and doesn't have a nice prepared statement to read that he can then just like throw at them and turn around and walk back into the building. Um, my favourite part about this is that part of the reason they found out about it is because he was having a meeting with Guy Verhofstadt who tweeted about it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. But no, that, that really cheered me up this afternoon reading that. It was just, it's so bad. But then you think, 
this guy is our home secretary. Like, he holds one of the most important positions in our government. Mm. And I know that this is kind of to be expected with our government, but still, I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't even had time to pick sides in the... um in the fantasy, which option is the EU going to reject? No, I know. And, I mean, I presume that he'll have plenty of time because Theresa May is going to delay it as long as humanly possible. Mm. Um, possibly until, like, 2027, something like that, yeah. to make the decision. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's a dickhead. Like, you know, all the, all the people who were making various, like, horrendous racial remarks about him when he got the job can fuck off mm. somewhere else, frankly. Um but it doesn't change the fact that he's a dickhead. Um, yeah. And like most of the people who are in the Conservative cabinet basically have no empathy and don't give a shit about anybody that's not them or one of their mates. Yeah. I mean, my, my only pleasure in... And this is probably slightly racist, but... Um, I mean, I feel like we've come to expect this. Yeah, is that basically there's an infinitesimal but still non-zero chance that the Home Office accidentally deports him. Hmm. And I think being the only serving Home Secretary to be deported by your own department would possibly be the most this-government thing possible. And I'd laugh a lot. It would be, even by their standards, quite a spectacular cock-up. Hmm. Um, well, actually... I. By their standards, it's actually not that big a cock-up, is it? No, because, you know, they've done it 63 times already, at least, that they're willing to admit to. Um, there's bound to be someone in the Home Office that hates him for whatever dumb reason. And all I mean, there are quite is... a lot of perfectly good reasons. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, all it takes is one of them, like, changing a serial number somewhere or forgetting his pa- give him his passport when he's going on a ministerial trip. Um... And, uh, and yeah, suddenly he's abroad with no passport and no ability to get back into the UK. I mean, we can but hope. Yeah, and then, um, yes, asked to return to where... Well, whichever country he doesn't call home because he is, whatever else his quality, is very much British. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was my entertaining afternoon mm. news that kind of cheered me up a bit after everything else being shit. Yeah, sure, um, was great. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I dread to ask, really, but did you come with any content? Well, not really. Um, I did see Deadpool yesterday, Deadpool oh, 2. yes. That was actually pretty good. Um, I mean, you sound very surprised by that. Well, no, it's normally like sequels of that kind of send-up movie tend to just rehash the same jokes. Mm, that's true. And less, it was in, in a less funny way. I feel like to some extent also it was a surprise success. Yeah. Um but actually it was it was different from Deadpool 1 and it was still funny. Um and okay, yes, a lot of the jokes were of the same theme. There was hyperviolence, there was Deadpool doing stupid stuff, but they didn't overuse any of the shticks from the previous ones and there were quite a lot of moments when I was literally laughing out loud so um, I don't want to be one of those people that ruins the movie where saying oh god it's amazing you must see it you must see it but um, if you go into it with the same sort of spirit you went into Z Deadpool 1 you'll have a good time okay yeah I mean Tifara's probably going to see it at some point anyway but yeah apparently also Solo's quite good which is a real surprise to me 
Well, so I've basically come to the conclusion that Donald Glover is amazing. And oh, well, I mean, he is. Anything but amazing. That doesn't change the fact that they seem to be, at the moment, trying to milk everything they can out of the original trilogy. So they're doing this... Yeah. You know, they've done Rogue One, which was fine because, I mean, a lot of people had issues with it, but it wasn't a needless backstory to a character that had no need to delve into it. Yeah. Because it was all, it was basically all new characters, and yeah, okay, very brief cameos, but nothing substantial. I haven't actually watched that through yet. I, it's, I, I, I enjoyed it. I know a lot of people had real issues with it, but I know a lot of people who really hated The Last Jedi, and I thought that was fine, so. I haven't I seen that yet either. Um, but then I was never a massive Star Wars fan. Like I like the films, but I've never yeah. been an obsessive Star Wars fan. Um, but yeah, so they've done Solo. Um, by all accounts, they are doing an Obi Wan Kenobi um, origin story movie. You see, the only problem I have with an Obi Wan Kenobi origin story is that, as I understand it, basically Obi Wan Kenobi comes from the period in Star Wars, like history or whatever it is, when everything was basically fine. Well, yeah, except that he doesn't to the extent that, like, you know, he has the whole thing with Anakin and it all goes wrong. We've seen that in the prequels. So, essentially, what we're going to have is the story of how Obi-Wan Kenobi went to a planet and lived as a hermit for, like, 20 years until Luke showed up. Oh, that bit. Well, I mean, I presume, because the only bits, the bit we haven't heard of his stories, either the oh, very God, yes, early sorry. bits, I'm getting, yeah, like, I... pre-prequel... Yeah, no, I'd forgotten that he's the young one in the first prequel, isn't he? Yeah, so, he's, yeah. It's, it's either pre, pre-prequel... Which would be rubbish. Which would be weird, because, like, what was he doing? I mean, maybe he was doing something interesting, I doubt it. Yeah. Um, or, it's post-prequels, in mm. which and um, pre-original trilogy, in which case, yeah, like I said, basically, presumably, after the whole Anakin-Darth Vader thing, he's like, well, fuck this, I'm going to go and live in seclusion somewhere... And so, then spends 20, 30 years before Luke shows up and he goes, oh, you're a Jedi, Luke, here, have a lightsaber. So my off-the-cuff take on that is the only way they could make it in any way worthwhile is having it as one of those porno parodies where he spends the entire time banging Luke's adoptive mum slash aunt. I feel like it would be difficult to get a wide-scale theatrical release of that. I mean... I'm presenting solutions here. Uh, no, well, no, certainly not. No, you're not solutions. presenting solutions. Um, I'm just the ideas guy. That was the phrase I was looking for. Yeah, I mean, I I argue that's not true. No, that that's fair as well. Um, I'm the shit ideas guy. Mm, that's fair. Um, so, I I just I'm almost expecting them to do like a fucking Luke Skywalker origin story movie despite the fact that's basically the first Star Wars movie, um, they just... they It feels like, guys, you, you must be out of ideas here. Like, I really, I really hate, beyond anything else, backstory prequels. I really hate it when they go, let's take this character and do an entire film that needlessly delves into their backstory. And, like, it's possible to do it well, and by the sounds of it, they might have actually done it with Solo. But the chances are you're going to fuck it up. Yeah, no, I agree. But in general, I feel that that way about any sort of clustered sequel. Because, like, there hasn't been a decent Alien movie in 20 years. There have been lots of sequels and prequels and add-ons and end-arounds and that. But, bluntly, 
one and two were good, three was decent if you recut it, literally everything else was shit. Um, yeah, I mean, Terminator you know, suffered Hard, from a lot of the same problem. Yeah, Terminator was a great example, Die Hard... But um, the difference is, like, Terminator didn't really do prequels, Die Hard didn't really do prequels. Like, th- there's that's just a continuing series, and, and, you know, you always end up true. with the Police Academy effect of diminishing returns, except yeah. for some reason with The Fast and the Furious, which just sort of sidestepped all of that by starting out with, like, just awful, awful story and acting and plot. And then just kind of going, well, fuck it, we've come this far, we might as well just carry on. I, 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 I feel like I should watch the Fast and the Furious movies just to kind of... Because I, I saw the first one going in on the absolute understanding it was men race fast cars around, women in bikinis cheer at them. I mean, that's pretty much the explode. entire series. Oh, okay. But well, but it's got so the it, it kind of it got us the first two happened and then they were like oh well no one wants to do it anymore the what, second one wasn't hugely successful we'll do Fast and the Furious three and we'll set it in Tokyo and have a completely new set of people and we'll you know see if we can spin it off and then weirdly Vin Diesel got massively successful and came back and went I want to do Fast and the Furious four and then they were like shit we've now got to kind of work this into continuity somehow yeah that was... and and it then got to the point where it's like we now have continuity. And it's kind of gone increasingly from just, like, dude bros racing cars around streets to, mm. like, essentially, like, Bond-esque... Yeah. You know, so I remember there being international, a submarine in the adverts. Yeah, international man, men of mystery going around taking down, like, drug gangs and people bent on world domination by driving cars really fast and occasionally doing flips. So I have a slightly odd theory, um, and it doesn't pertain to too many things, but um, it came up in the context of the joys of Warhammer, which obviously is in many ways quite shit, but is in many ways quite insane. Warhammer or 40k? Well, either, really. It, it, it sort of works for both of them. And basically, so, the theory is that some sort of creative endeavours are served by having the core of their writing done by fucking idiots. Because the Fast and the Furious... And the Warhammers, and probably some other things that I can't think of. A lot of the central premises are just, you know... Dumb? Utterly, utterly stupid. And then sometimes you will get, like, some good writers, or some good script writers, or some good actors, say, well, we've been given this dumb universe, let's see what half-sensible people would do if put in this appallingly dumb and over-the-top universe. Yeah, you just lean into it. Yeah, and somehow you get, like genuinely entertaining stuff that you wouldn't get from something that was slick and well put together. Well, I think a lot of it helps in the fact that when you have kind of a very simple, dumb premise, mm. then a lot of the stuff around it becomes very flexible. Yeah. And you're not tight. Like, you know, some, the problem with, like, Star Trek or Star Wars is you have vast numbers of fans and many years of incredibly complicated and twisted continuity and canon mm. that make it really restrictive when you want to do a new film. Because it's like, oh, well, we can't do that because it contradicts this. And we can't have this person do that because we know that later on they're going to do this. Whereas with Fast and the Furious and, you know, Warhammer and a lot of other things, it's like, it doesn't matter. Like, well, okay, there's that. some continuity stuff you've got to hook together, and there's things that are, are, are canon and you, you can't really fuck with them, but there's so much leeway to just go, and then this stupid thing happens. And you don't really have to justify it, because it just works in that universe. But you see, I think Star Trek is kind of the proof of this, because for all its flaws, Star Trek has never been truly, like, shitty. 
you know, the original series was a bit schlocky and of its time, but actually the next generation was decent. Deep Space Nine was pretty darn good. Okay, Voyager was a bit shit, but no one talks about that. And most of the movies have been Yeah, you're, you're, you're forgetting, like, the first two seasons of Enterprise. I, you're absolutely right. Um, I, I had completely blanked those out of my mind, so yeah, fair enough. Um, but I think the problem is that, as you say, because Star Trek is generally well, well written, it's, it, it's got this continuity where everything fits together and things are semi-logical. It's got kind of boring. Whereas with, like, The Fast and the Furious or with Warhammer, because there is this inherent contradiction of everything about this thing is stupid, so just piling in one extra little stupid thing isn't going to make a difference, you have much more, as you say, freedom to go and to kind of just innovate. And, you know, why wouldn't this gang of international car thieves steal a nuclear submarine or something? I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, I've exactly. often thought about it. I have thought about it, and most of my thoughts have been... That sounds tiresome. But, well, um, my main problem is, what do you do with it? Like, it's not like you can just outrun the police, because, I mean, you could hide underwater, but at a certain point, someone's probably going to find you. There's a limited number of places that you can hide a nuclear submarine, whereas you can just put your car in the garage, and then yeah. no one knows it's there. I mean, I If feel GTA like... has taught me anything, it's that you can just drive a car into a garage, <laughs> and then drive it out again, and no one, will know that, yeah, no one will know that you were there. But you can't have this fucking submarine. It won't fit in the garage. Yeah. I mean... I feel like I'd probably get quite a lot of mileage out of abruptly surfacing next to cruise ships, pulling the horn really hard, and seeing how many do other people I've mocked from. They must do. Why must they? What what use would the horn serve? Well, so you can surface next to cruise ships, mock <laughs> a bunch of old people by giving them heart attacks, obviously. Well, I mean, no, I mean, you've say got that, the sonar, I feel silly. I guess, which makes loud noises as well, so I'm sure you can sort of retrofit that. It doesn't that really work as well above water, though. It's kind of designed for underwater, where mm. sound travels really well. Okay, well, then maybe fucking with deep sea divers or something. I mean, that would be fun. Yeah. Um, Quite cruel, because I understand they have a bit of a shit life anyway. Well, I mean, that's a, a bit of a generalisation. Have you met a deep-sea diver? No, I just happened to read a couple of articles recently about deep-sea diving. As you um, and Yeah, it came up on my Twitter, which is quite bizarre. Um, and, um, yeah, it sounds fucking awful. So, um, yeah, like you have to live for, like, a week in a decompression chamber, which is basically a metal tube about as tall as you are and a few metres long. And if anything goes wrong, you kind of explosively decompress and die on the spot. Well, interesting. I, I I was watching. I went to see um, Avengers a couple of weeks ago, and um, I saw a trailer for. I saw a trailer for um, the new Jason Statham blockbuster, The Meg. The what? The Meg. Right. Uh, as in the Megalodon, in which uh, it appears that Jason Statham, who is in a deep sea research facility that is inexplicably almost entirely glass, um, discovers a fucking huge shark that nearly kills them and then for some reason goes and starts attacking like holiday makers on a beach and they've got to like murder the shark before it kills everyone and it's huge and they can't and like there's boat chases and explosions and Jason Statham being Jason Statham. Oh, yeah. A massive creature attacks a deep-sea submersible, leaving it disabled and trapping the crew on the bottom of the Pacific Ocean. With time running out, the rescue day of the Jonas Tyler must rescue, save the crew and blah, 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 blah. 
Yeah. Um, it looks like Jason Statham does Deep Blue Sea. So, I mean, basically, yeah. Which, nothing wrong with that. And that film was great, so yeah. I can't see how it could God, not be amazing. Schlocky amazing. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, had fucking, you know, Samuel L. Jackson in it. The Samuel L. Jackson getting seen where he got eaten was actually genuinely great, even if the CGI hasn't really held up. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's most films, the CGI has not helped. Oh, yeah, yeah. But um, um, but it, but for where it was and for how shocking it was, it was it was pretty great. Um, what was I going to say? The, so, this is the thing I find ent- mildly entertaining about the film in the strip moment. You will occasionally get these films that are blatantly, obviously, sort of Chinese Hollywood. Yes, um, and it's just bizarre to see them suddenly pop up and everyone be like, yeah, this is totally normal. We, we're we just randomly going to do films about like The Great Wall with tons of Chinese actors, no explanation. And, well, um, because of lots of money. Oh, yeah, but, you know. It's the reason that everywhere now has, like, scenes in China or mm. Chinese characters in, inexplicably. Yeah. And, and I mean, I don't entirely inexplicably, but it'll just be, like, randomly... Oh, uh, like, South Korea is another one. Loads of films now will have bits in South Korea because South Korea give, like, really good tax breaks for yeah. filming. That's um, why you always get London as well. Yeah, London, Scotland as well. Mm. Um, Scotland do really good tax breaks. And Canada. That's, yeah. You know, Vancouver is partly because of the tax breaks and partly because Vancouver is the every city where you have like the suburbs central kind of high rise city mm. forest mountains with snow the sea cliffs like pretty much everything you want forest everything you want is there mm. um in like within like half an hour's drive um but yeah like China is it's not just that Chinese film companies are willing to invest money, it's also that you've potentially got a massive audience in China yeah. that you can sell your film. It's only going to get bigger. True. Um, yeah. But yeah, like... I, for one, welcome our new Chinese, Chinese overlords to any Chinese people listening to this on the ZTE phone. Yeah, well, I mean... Or what's the other one? Huawei. Huawei. And Xiaomi. Yes. None um, of which are arms that are funded by the Red Army and uh, well, used to none, spy of, none of those I pronounced correctly because I'm not even going to try and correctly pronounce anything. I feel Chinese. like I pronounced ZTE correctly. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, but you probably didn't. Probably not, no. I mean, um, because I, I, I struggle with any foreign language and with. Like there's so much scope for completely fucking up something like Chinese because mm. it's not, because it's so tonal that even the the you know just a slight error in pronunciation and you say something horrendous about someone's mum instead of asking where the toilet is. Um, yeah, I do love that tonally none of the words are related. Yeah, you'd, you'd think like ha would be horse and ha would be like pony or something, but no, it's horse and. I fucked your mother, you stupid Chinaman, sort of thing. Well, one of the things I found really interesting is um, somebody tweeted, a a Chinese guy tweeted a thread of um, Chinese nicknames for NBA players. Yes, I saw that. It was brilliant. And one of the things, and uh, I've I've come across this phenomenon before in esports. And essentially, Chinese fans have this incredible kind of ecosystem around nicknaming players. Mm. And... Because when we do it, like, you know, usually if players got nicknames, it's because of a thing they've done, or it's, like, some contraction or play on their first name. 
or their surname. Like it's it's kind yeah. of basic. Whereas with Chinese, they've got that level of stuff, but they also have the this guy's name is constructed of these characters that mm. also have this meaning, and therefore we'll call him that. Or the next level is it's constructed of these characters which have this meaning, but this is also a pun that means this that's completely different. And so you end up like two or three steps removed from mm. the player's actual name in their nickname. You know, this nickname is like, what the hell does this even mean? Like, I don't understand how that relates to the player. And it's just like this incredibly complex play on the symbols that make up their name. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's ingenious. Like, you can't do that with English because, like, what are you going to do? None of our... Le- like, an eight looks like boobs. That's about it. Like, you know, there's not a lot of options when it comes to clever letter play in people's names. So I just, I just found that fascinating that there's a, the the depth of like that people yeah. go to with the with nicknaming celebrities. Yeah, like, Chinese wordplay is super serious and super complicated. I understand basically none of it, but it's no, really well, cool. I don't. I have no no handle on Chinese whatsoever. I have very little on any other foreign language. Any other foreign language? Any foreign language. Mm. Um, I struggle enough with English, as is apparent, um, yeah. to not even think about trying to learn other languages. The best I could manage was a bit of French at GCSE, um, which I promptly forgot after somehow managing to get an A. I think that was mostly just getting Lawrence to do my work for me, because he was yeah. good at French. I mean, I feel with a lot of languages... Particularly, you know, when we do European languages, sounding confident will get you away with a lot. I mean, it will, but confidently saying, can I have a beer, please, is very different from confidently saying, my hovercraft is full of eels. doesn't matter how confidently you say it, you're probably not going to get the thing that you want. I mean, I, I don't know how you could not want a hovercraft full of eels. But I well, do it's not about wanting you it. Want you're you're stating that you already have a hovercraft full mm. of eels. So they're not going to give you any more. Yeah, they might want yours, and that would be very embarrassing. Yeah. So I, I don't even attempt. Um, I've, I've, I've come to, especially with, you know, with countries like France, where they, if you don't attempt to speak French, they think you are shit. And if you do attempt to speak French... They think you are even worse for butchering their language. So yeah. I just take the least worst option and just speak English really loudly and slowly. It's good to know that you are a proper Englishman. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I do it ironically, but they don't know that. No. Yes. And we get into the eternal debate of how ironic do you have to be? Um, right. We will be back next week. I have no idea who will be around because Graham is perpetually in hotels now, and Chris seemingly is just in the bath. And uh, but nonetheless, we will be there, and we will make some vain effort to return to a regular posting schedule. Yeah. Um, because I feel like Graham needs to get a job in project management. He's doing too much actual work at the moment. Yeah, it does seem like they're making him do things, and I wouldn't put up with that. No, I mean, God. Yeah, exactly. Um, Mm. But yeah, so until next week, uh, thank you all for listening, and goodbye. Bye.